Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. One of the things that I like, and I know my clients like, and you all like, is it's not just the research of like, oh, this is what you need to do to be more productive or to be happy. It's like, how do I really do that in my real life? And one of the things that I have found over the 16 years of doing the show, or soon to be 16 years, is that we learn so much by other people's stories, right? It's the windows of possibility. So it's not about doing it my way, but what's the window of possibility? Then that opens up something about how you want to do something in your own life, right? And take from that and then apply that nugget into your own life. And so these stories that I'm going to share about my holiday, my three and a half week adventure is an example of what is possible. Like if this is possible for me, what is possible for you? What are the things, the nuggets that you can take and then apply into your own life so that you can live the life that you're really wanting to live? So today I'm going to talk about the highlight reel because before I left for my holiday, I had this boundary about I wasn't going to work. And there was actually, you know, going back to last week's episode about suitcases and boundaries, there were a few opportunities where I was kind of tested, like, was I really going to be able to take off, you know, three and a half weeks? And what if this happened? Or what if this client or what if this aqua monster situation? And so those tensions were beautiful because it allowed me to come up with solutions to manage that aspect, right? To manage the risk of that so that I wouldn't have to be going in and doing that work while I was on holiday. And that was such a beautiful thing. And that's the first time I've been able to do that. I've often traveled and been on holiday and done work. And so this was this was a huge learning lesson that is taking me all these years to do. And I'm really, really proud of myself. I'm very excited that I did this. And there was lots of great learnings. And then so once I got the work stuff, then I was thinking about, well, do I want social media on my phone, because it's something that's been a struggle, right? It's another boundary thing. And I know at times I go in there and all of a sudden I come out and it's, you know, an hour later, 90 minutes later, and I've been in this struggle with it and this tension with it. And so I kept thinking about thinking about it and it took some time, a couple weeks, and then I decided I'm going to remove it. I'm going to remove it and it's okay. I didn't need to post like, oh, here's this beautiful place or make you all feel bad because you're at home and I was wherever I was. And I thought, I just want to go dark and be with myself and be with my family and be with the books I'm bringing and be in the environment that I am. So I removed social media. I removed the emails from my phone. So I didn't have those. I muted texts. I even figured out how to set up an autoresponder on texts. So if people did text me and I went off and somebody said, well, why don't you just turn your phone off? My phone was, I mean, nowadays, right? Your phone has your plane tickets. It has maps, right? There was enough in there. So, and I did use the maps and it had audiobooks on there that I was listening to. So not having the phone wasn't something I was going to do, though it did make me think of, you know, this might be an opportunity where maybe I do get another cell phone and have it very separate. I've never wanted to have two and something I'm rumbling with right now. I'm not making any forward movement on it right though. 
it's going to rumble in the back of my brain. It's kind of like that memory in your computer. It's just slow in the back. I'm not going to use a whole lot of brain juice. But I want to talk about this highlight reel because, you know, upon reentry, everybody I see, whether I, you know, friends that I'm seeing, Aquamonster families, my clients, right, my neighbors, everybody wants to know, how was your vacation? And I, I've really struggled with that answer because I can say, oh, it was great. It was fantastic. It was lovely to get away, you know, and it was just a wonderful vacation. And that would be true, but it's also kind of a part truth. And then the other thing is it becomes the highlight reel because then people go, oh, look at Corinne. She's so lucky. She can easily take three and a half weeks off and go with her family. And it's just so lovey-dovey and it's not a problem. People, there were lots of decisions that had to be made, right? Six weeks prior to going on that vacation. And it wasn't even about the vacation. It was about what were the structures and systems I would need in place so that I could protect that time, right? What would be okay? What would not be okay? And along with the people that I'm responsible for, because I have quite a big responsibility when it comes to how many people I'm responsible for. So there were a lot of that. And then there was also, you know, 3.30 in the morning flights, right? And one of the things that I'm so grateful for, so, so grateful for is, and I don't know if it's, you know, all the decades of swimming, but if this is what aquatics has brought to my family, because I was not a morning person, nor did I grow up in a family of origin where, you know, that's the way my dad led things. But because I've been in the sport for so long, I've become a morning person and my family can get up at 3.30 in the morning to get to where we need to go. Whether it's a plane, whether it's Cadillac Mountain to go watch a sunrise, you know, or it's another plane, we are dependable for that. And that makes that part of traveling so much easier because we have that skill set. It's been something that's been developed over time and there's just not drama with that. So, you know, those were all those Disneyland trips when they were little and growing up and we would leave at 4.30 in the morning, right, to get down to LA and drive down there. We've been practicing this for a long time. Not that I'm saying that this is ideal to get up at 3.30 because I can tell you that first flight, I was like, why did I do that? Why did I book that flight? And the answer was, it was, I think, a $39 plane ticket to LA from here. That was just the time of the day to go from Boston back to San Francisco. So those are those things. But this highlight reel, right? Like we will judge our own lives to other people's highlight reels and not realizing there's the underbelly. And one of the things that I've always done on this show is I always talk about what really goes on behind the green curtain right? What really goes on? And that's one of the reasons that, you know, years ago, maybe 10 years ago now, that I came up with that saying for my own life is that I do live an amazing life and there are shit shows. And I have like this awesome shirt called Shit Show Manager now too, but it's both. And it's having that paradox and having those competing tensions in our life, right? The good things and the difficult things. And that part becomes so important because when we only see the highlight reels, we think this is the way it's supposed to be. And then we judge and beat the crap out of ourselves because why aren't we living up to that highlight reel? And we're inundated with social media on it. And while I'm not on TikTok, a lot of TikTok gets funneled into Instagram, right? And it seems to be like kind of all the mistakes and the bloopers. And maybe that's the draw is like, we want to see the shit shows. We want to know. Because I do know with my clients, what they want to know is they're not the only one that's going through these struggles. 
right? Or like my Aquamonster parents, one of their big concerns is they don't want to be that parent, right? But their kid is also struggling with whatever it is, whether it's going back to school, returning back to swimming. And one of the things that I do is I tend to normalize it all. I'm like, you're not the only one, right? Lots of families are going through these challenges right now. And that is part of the process, right? There's a lot of big emotions in transitions. That is part of it. You know, don't think that you're the only person. It's in that isolation that creates so much pain and suffering versus knowing that, hey, I'm not the only one that's going through this. So while I do believe in, you know, there were great things about my vacation. You know, we, we went to New England and I, Maine is like holy moly. It is beautiful. I'm going to be putting something together for you guys later on about Maine and it'll be a free download and we'll get that out to you guys. Maine is beautiful. My favorite place in the world is a little lake in Ontario, Canada called Omic Lake. And I haven't been there in a number of years now, but one of the things about where we were in Maine is that there was so much of it that felt like Canada. And I was like, oh, the air, the way the air felt, the smells, right? Even some of the way the trees, because the trees are very different on the East Coast than they're on the West Coast. So it was just, I love, love, love Maine. It was great. And there were hard things, right? Like trying to figure out where to eat dinner, (laughs) getting four adults to agree to where they wanted to eat dinner. Right. And then there were easy things in terms of, you know, our families, we like to get up and go in the morning. And then like, we like to come back and have some downtime in the evenings. And whether it was me reading books or my kids getting, you know, on their phones or whatever it was, we had that kind of routine that went on. Right. And so, and being able to figure it out, but there were beautiful things and there were challenging things. And that's the truth of it. And it took some time, like even when we came back about a week and a half ago, I was kind of like, okay, you know, because we did two and a half weeks with the with the kids and then we came back and then we left and we went to Mexico for a week. And that was totally about resting and luxuriating. And I did puzzles and read books and, you know, we worked out, there was a gym and there was a pool, I got to swim and there was all of that. So coming back and then seeing my kids now that they were in college and checking in with them, like, okay, now that you've had some time to reflect, how was vacation? And one of the things I can say is, you know, in the end, there was a lot of really good that came out of the vacation. There was a lot of really good growth, seeing who my kids are at 20 and 22, right? Seeing the values that we as parents have been leading with over the years and over the years and seeing which ones are really catching root and creating roots in their own life and which ones they're letting go of. So it was really, really beautiful. And it was about in the last week, I'm like, wow, the vacation was really, really good. And I was really concerned when we booked it in June because people in my family had different ideas of how they want it to be, you know, new hotel every night. And I was like, that would be way too much for me. I like to go and have a home base and then go from there. So we had to work on some of that stuff and get clear. And at one of our places, we had a bat, which created a situation, right? Like, and where we had to find new lodging that just felt comfortable for me. And, and so that created some tension, right? There's some of the shit shows and how do you manage that? But we were able to get through that and we got to see some friends. 
We went to a Red Sox Yankees game. The start of our trip was great because we got to go in, in LA and spend some time with some dear friends. I got to meet a friend and mentor of my husband's that I'd heard about for the last 10 years but hadn't met. My daughters got to be in conversation with some really wise, wise people. And it was interesting to see them soak up those conversations right now that they're adults and wanting to be a part of that. And that was the start of our trip and we rested a lot. And then we had a red eye to Boston. And then we went to Portland, Maine, which was fantastic. And then we went up to even further in Maine. There were all kinds of stuff. And there were hard stuff, right? Taking red eyes. Now that I'm older, not as big of a fan, but it's kind of the way to go back to Boston, especially with a a nonstop. There were lots of really great things. Realizing that bicycling, you know, my family, we live in a town where my kids have been bicycling to school since they were... I want to say in kindergarten. And we live in a community where they've been biking all their lives. So that's a skill set that we all have. And we're, we're aware of how to do it in street traffic. And so we were able to go on and bike and rent bikes. And that was, that was such a great way. And it was a great idea, something we hadn't done before. But it was a great idea that my youngest daughter had when we were in Portland, Maine, to see all the lighthouses, right? And to do that. So there were great things. And there was tension. Because sometimes we didn't know what to do next or who was going to figure it out. Or like that first night in Portland, Maine, we went to three different places to eat dinner till we could finally find the the right place for us. And there was that tension of that, right? Whereas back home, once we make a decision, we go to the place and it's pretty simple. But there was a lot of learning. So my invitation for you is as you go through whatever you're consuming, whether it's social media, whether it's hearing about your friends, whether it's the stories you're making about, you know, the kids in the classroom versus yourself or your kids' sports teams, right? Know that there's a highlight reel and there's so many other things that are going on. My street, we do a cookout. We used to do a cookout every year, but due to COVID, we haven't had one in three years. And so last weekend, we finally had our first gathering in three years and it was fun. And it was so neat to see like how much we all really hungered for connection, right? And to be able to catch up. And some of my neighbors, we've been on the street, you know, for over 20 years, right? And so being able to catch up and I was talking to one of my neighbors and I was asking about our kids who are now, I think, 31 and 27. And again, like with this whole idea of the highlight reel, like she talked about like, well, here's what my kids are doing. And while that all sounds great, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on. And I really, really appreciated that because it's so easy to think, well, she's got it all together. Her kids are grown. They don't have any problems. They're just on easy peasy, right? And the thing is, is that everybody's got some wonderful things and some really challenging things. You know, and one of the things that I always remember that Brene has said is that everybody has a story that would break your heart. We don't need to go out looking for stories that are going to break your heart, right? Just know that we're going to have struggles. And I think so often when we go on holidays, we have this envision of it's going to be magical. It's going to be fantastic. It's all going to be just this highlight reel. And what can I post and what can I share? And there's not going to be any shit shows, right? Because I'm going to be organized enough and we're going to have it all together. But then that's when the airlines have problems. That's when the rental car has problems. That's when you have a bat in your VRBO, right? There's all these different things that can happen. 
So when we can have realistic expectations of like, here are the things that are really important that I would like to have, as well as knowing that there's going to be the space for the uncomfortable and knowing and trusting that you're going to be able to figure it out. We don't have to be all prepared, knowing that we will have a body of work from our experiences to figure out how to maneuver, right? One of the things that we did and this may offend some of you East Coasters, is, you know, I've heard about lobster rolls. Lobster rolls, you've got to have a lobster roll, you got to have a lobster roll. So when I was in Atlanta earlier this year at the NC2As, I went out to dinner with my cousin and his friend, and we went to the steakhouse. But they had the most amazing lobster tails and then mac and cheese with lobster. And I was like, wow, and that was the first time I'd eaten lobster. And that was a 10. It was amazing. And so we were trying to figure out like, okay, lobster rolls, where do we eat it? You know, I find something online, we go stand in line and all the reviews are, this is the best. These are the best. It's worth the wait. We stood in line for two hours. Normally, I would never stand in line. I'm a pretty impatient person. I don't like to quote, waste time standing in line or waiting for food. I like to be prepared. But we're newbies. We hadn't had quite had the plan. We had some time to kill. Plus, I think it was the day that we had taken the red eye, so we were tired. So we went to dinner early, stood in line for two hours. We ate it. And it was interesting. And we're like, wow, it didn't seem to live up to the hype of what we had read in the reviews. And we're like, hmm, okay. Well, it was further on in the trip that both my husband and my daughter got a lobster roll someplace else. And we realized like, oh, maybe we started at the highest level of a lobster roll versus what they got later on. And a friend of mine was like, oh yeah, lobsters with mayonnaise. And that lobster roll that we had, had butter and the butter was like amazing. It was a lot of lobster. I didn't know lobster rolls were cold. I thought they were warm. So there was some, I think, magical thinking of like, this was going to be so amazing that kind of set us up to fail with that initial lobster roll. I mean, it was good. And a lot of the food was good. It was heavy. So the highlight reel, right? And what some people will think is magical and amazing may not be your experience, kind of like us with the lobster rolls. So my takeaway from lobster rolls in New England is I've had mine. It's not food that I necessarily have to have again. If I have it again, that I could, but it's not something I'm like, oh, wow, I will miss this, right? And it was fun because one of the things is we got recommendations from different friends about things that we must have, and they were all really good learnings. But again, anytime we went into like, this is going to make us, this is going to be magical, it kind of didn't do that, right? So my invitation for you is know that there's going to be beauty and there's going to be messes and it's all going to be great. Some of my messes, which I'm going to talk about in another episode, actually can create such insight and such personal growth that like happened to me that I'm going to be talking about because there was this tension and this conflict and frustration, even to the point where I had tears. And then I had such a pivotal key learning about myself that is a great reminder for me moving forward, right? We don't really learn from when things go smoothly. We learn from when we fall down. And I've talked about that forever. So my invitation for you is, as you go through life and you see you take in all these highlight reels, Make sure that you remember that whatever you're seeing, there are a lot of shit shows to get to that, especially when we see things on social media. We know this, we tell this to our kids, and then we get into our own compare and despair. 
right? One of the beauties of some of the groups that I coach is that there's such safety and connection within the group clients where they really trust each other, that they authentically really show up and they share their messiness. And everybody's like shaking their head because they're like, yes, that resonates with me. Yes, that resonates with me. And they feel less alone, right? Because they're able to say, here is my mess. Here is the stuff that I'm thinking. Or here, as one client said this week, he's like, that's my inside voice. I, you know, I'm not going to use it when I go into the workplace, but these are the thoughts. And I'm like, great, tell them to me here so we can unpack them. And that way we can let them go. That way you can walk back in and manage and be really clear about what's okay and what's not okay in the workplace. So we all have it. And this is the idea of having common humanity. A highlight reel is not common humanity because it's only showing you the picture perfect stuff, not the shit shows or all the work that it took to get to that, right? Another example of this is the Olympics, right? This has been a big part of my life is watching the Olympics. I love the Olympics. In 2012, I got to go to the Olympics as a spectator and to support my husband when he was there with his athlete. But what I knew when I would watch all the swimmers is all the difficulties, all the uncertainties, all the vulnerabilities, all the injuries that led up to that moment. And I, what I do know is that when my clients are struggling, because they're like, no, I'm having these difficulties. So that means it's never going to happen. And I'm like, but how do you know that? It's how do you move through these difficulties? So the cost of the highlight reel can be really costly. And we need to make sure that we ground ourselves. So whether it's you listen to this podcast, I like to read a lot of books. I just finished Shauna Nequist's book. I guess I haven't learned that yet. And I love to hear her stories about her falling down moments right? Because then it goes, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm normal. And that's what we need. It helps us have compassion to have common humanity. It helps us to be empathetic and we need to be empathetic with ourselves. So my friend, as you go through your life, there's content that's going to be distributed that is a highlight reel. Always know there's an underbelly. There's the messes, the shit shows. It's all part of it. And that's how we get to living the life that we desire. I'm smelling big for you. My friend, you know that your voice matters. It matters to me. And so we're going to do two things here. We're going to one practice on your voice mattering and you owning your voice. And the other is preserving your brain juice. So the first thing I want you to go do is share your voice. Leave a review of the show on iTunes. Tell me what you love. Tell me why you're here. Your voice matters. And the second thing, if you haven't done it already, preserve your brain juice by making sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed to the show. I'm smiling big for you. I can't wait to give you a shout out on the show in the future. Until next time. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.